So today we're continuing on. We only have two more weeks on the kingdom of God. And in this week, we, we can't talk about the kingdom of God unless we talk about the family of God. Because in the kingdom of God, as much as we've talked about what are the qualities, what are the things, how do you enter the kingdom of God, what does the kingdom of God um, look like, where does it start from, we talked a lot about our heart, we talked a lot about um, uh, Jesus being that doorway, that pathway. But, but we need to talk about the family of God because inside the kingdom of God is a family of God. And the challenge that we face today is, is that so many of our family systems are broken and it spills over into the family of God, which is manifest in the church of God. So today, you are actually a part of the family. You turn to somebody and say, you are my brother or you are my sister. Well, I mean, obviously, if it's a girl, it's you're my sister. If it's a guy, it's my brother. You're my brother. Now, if they're old, maybe you might call them, you're my mother, or you're my, my father. I'm at this age, I don't know if I'm a, I'm a fatherly type or a brotherly type. You get to choose, you get to choose. But the problem is, is, is so much of our family systems are broken, and so when we come into the family of God, we don't know how to live as a family. And the reality is, is, is we, we maybe don't see church as a family or, or the kingdom of God as this familia, the family, because, because maybe we've seen brokenness in our own family. We don't know how to relate to it. One thing I really appreciate and really um, like about one of the life groups that we offer, and by the way, life groups are, are going to be um, coming soon. On September 10th, we have our Connections Fair that you can find your life group. The following week, we'll be starting our life groups. Remember, you can get the um, little newsletter on your way out, and you can find what groups we're offering. But one of the groups that we offer is emotionally healthy relationships. And one of it is talking about how our family of origin begins to influence us coming into the family of God. And how sometimes that, that healing needs to take place and we need to understand how to relate to each other. So today as we talk about the family of God as it relates to the kingdom of God, we're going to talk about our family rules, we're going to talk about our family relationships, and we're going to talk about our family structure. But understanding that first and foremost, we have to understand uh, many of us come with a level of brokenness from our family of origins. And it's not even our immediate family. Sometimes we carry along with us a lot of baggage from previous generations and we don't realize that we're carrying. And then when we come into the family of God, we are wondering why there's still some fractions or factions and divisions. And by the way, the Lord does not like division. He loves unity. And so we need to figure out how that is. So there's, there's kind of these systems that are taking place. But first of all, I want to I read a scripture to you in John chapter 1. The gospel of John chapter 1. It says, the verse 12 says this. But all who did receive him, that's Jesus Christ, who believed in his name, Jesus Christ, he gave the right to become children of God, sons and daughters, who were born not of blood. In other words, they weren't 
into this family because of how they were born. Like, hey, my generation back there, we were the, we were the Jews, therefore we are in the family. No, it says because of Jesus Christ that we come entering into the family who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. In other words, it's not like, hey, all my good works got me into this family, nor of the will of man, but of God. See, when we accept Jesus into our life, we now have a new father, a father in heaven, who then calls us sons and daughters. We are a part of a family. And then in part of this family, he doesn't want us to be sons and daughters isolated unto, ah, I just have a relationship with God and myself. But then he places us into a body of believers called the church. The church is not a building. The church is a group of people that he's called us into. And he's saying now we have to learn how to live together as this spiritual family. In Ephesians chapter 2, it begins to unpack that for us, what it looks like a little bit. And, and I want to share that with you. And, and then we will kind of tackle those three things, those, our family rules, our family relationships, and our family structure as a way of helping us to understand how to function and live in this new family, this new spiritual family that we're called to in the kingdom of God. Remember we said the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is... Um, is to be lived here and now. So we aren't waiting until we go to heaven to experience our new family. We get to experience it here on earth with our church family. Now, by the way, I do understand that some of you come from um, brokenness. I know some of you come from maybe church backgrounds who have had some struggles. And so you're like, I don't mind coming to church, but I'm definitely not going to get into a small group. I don't mind going to church, but I don't want to be known by anybody. And the reality is, is actually you're not functioning as a member of the family of God. You're still functioning as an individual. We have to break down these barriers. And I know there's, there's, there's sensitivities and there's pain points and all of that. And it takes trust and it takes vulnerability. Uh, at our team meeting this morning, I love one one. One person had said in our team meeting, they said, you know what I love about this church? I love that authenticity is one of our values. This person said, you know, I can come in realizing I've had a bad week and I don't have to put a facade on to say that, you know, everything's good. No, I can just be real and know that there are brothers and sisters who will walk with me and, and get through life together. And that's what a spiritual family is. But in Ephesians chapter two, I'm gonna start in verse 11. And in the, my Bible says the title of that is One in Christ. Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 11. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to turn there or if your app. By the way, if you, have the Grace Cap, if you don't have the Grace Capital Church app, you can find the Bible app embedded in the Grace Capital Church app. You can download that as well. It says this, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision, uh, uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made of the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers in the covenants of the promise. Okay, that was not really, it's not super pertinent, but if you were to take the point of saying, hey, I wasn't born into the family. I didn't have a, uh, a Christian upbringing or I didn't have a Christian heritage. In essence, these Gentiles were not Jews, right? They were not considered the chosen ones. And um, 
and we realize that they were grafted in, like each one of us gets grafted in. Our works didn't make us that way. The way we were born didn't make us that way. It's, it's our decision in Jesus that brought us into this family. Remember at one time you were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. Okay, so on and so forth. We already said that. Having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Remember last week we talked about the Beatitudes and blessed are those who are the peacemakers. And really those are the ones who bring us into a place of peace with our Father in heaven through Jesus Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the laws of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself a new man in place of the two, so making peace. Uh, making peace. So remember um, what happens when we live apart from God. We're always at war. We're at war our, because we're designed to be in one with God, one with our Father in heaven. Remember we were created, that God walked with Adam and Eve, and through sin, it created separation. There's this hostility that we, our flesh has. We always wars against us. But through Jesus Christ, it breaks down that wall. It breaks down that barrier and reunites us with our Father, our relationship with our Father in heaven. Remember, we're talking family. We have a, a Father. Jesus taught us to pray, our Father in heaven. He wants to be our Father. He wants to be a good dad to us. And I know sometimes if we've had not good dad experiences in our natural life, it's hard to relate to a father who's good, but he is good. And Jesus will help you with that through the Holy Spirit. And he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility, right? Our, our flesh is hostile towards God. It kills it. it makes us one with, with God, our Father. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to one spirit of the father. See, this is so beautiful. It's like Jesus said, it's good for him to go, for him to leave the earth. Because when he goes, he's going to give us an, another. He calls it the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the one that who will come, the advocate, the paraclete, the one who will be with us. So we don't necessarily have Jesus in person with us today, but we have the spirit of Christ. We have the spirit of the father with us, the Holy Spirit. And, and a spirit cries out, Abba, Father. In other words, our, his Holy Spirit will continue to link us with, a, with our Father in heaven. So sometimes you say, I feel distant. Cry out to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I want to be close to my Father. And the, and, and the Spirit will lead you close to your Father in heaven. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens. In other words, outside the family. But you are fellow citizens. You've now been brought into the kingdom, citizens of heaven, with the saints and members of the household of God. And now you have been brought into the family of God. You're no longer on the outskirts. You're no longer on the, on the feeling lost or alone. You've been brought into this family through Jesus Christ. Not just as a citizen, but as an heir, as a one, as sons and daughters. 
built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. There's a lot packed in here, and I'm going to kind of unpack it by looking at family rule, family relationship, and family structure. First of all, I, I want you to realize that when God puts you into a family, and I would say there's a micro family, which is your immediate family. It's like your husband and wife, your, your, your kids, uh, moms and dads. Now, I understand that you, you have a family that maybe your whole family doesn't know the Lord, and that's okay. That's why also your church family is really important. But if you have a family that believes in the Lord, the very first thing to do is you're going to say, okay, that's my first family relationship, but then I have a church family relationship, but they carry the same family rule, family relationship, and family structure. So I just want you to think about your church family, but also your mini family, but also knowing, saying, you know what? I'm the only one in my family that actually knows the Lord. Then you're going to be saying the family rules and the family relationship, family structure relates to your church family. And you can be fully adopted, fully loved by your church family. So first, the family rule is really found from Matthew 7, verse 12. Do you realize, I, I know we throw this out there, but and people don't realize it's biblical. It's, it's in the Bible, but the golden rule. Do you know what the golden rule is? See, we don't, we've forgotten what the golden rule is. This is the most important rule. Treat others the way that you want to be treated. I, 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 wonder, I wonder how many relationships would be broken if we actually used the golden rule. If we actually treated others the way that we want to be treated. How many more marriages would have been saved? How many more relationships with our kids would still be intact? So our family rule, I would just say, is if we treated each other in our church family, but also in our immediate families with the golden rule, treat others the way we want to be treated, how would that protect unity? How would that represent Jesus well? How would that uh, allow us to carry out this family of God in the kingdom of God in a way that we would honor each other and care for each other. So the family rules. So just, in other words, see, the, the scripture says that all the laws of the prophets are summed up in, in this. Well, you would just say, love the Lord your God with all your mind, soul, and strength. Love one another as yourself. But in essence, treat others the way you want to be treated. Matthew seven twelve. Keeping it simple, there's a family rule. We could go with the Ten Commandments, right? right? But he says, everything is summed up. All those Ten Commandments are actually summed up in just treat others the way that you want to be treated. You want to be treated with respect? Show respect. You want to be treated with honor? Show honor. You want to be loved? Give love. You want friendship? Be a friend. You want people to be generous with you? You be generous with them. You want people to give you gifts? Give gifts, right? Treat others the way you want to be treated. Then we go into the family relationship. There's just two things. I could go on, the scripture's filled with how do we relate to each other, but there's just trying to keep it super simple, right? How do we, how do we relate to our spiritual family? Our immediate family, but our spiritual family. Because remember, you just turned to each other and you says, you're my brother, you're my sister, which is true. We're in the family of God now. 
So here's a family re- relationship. What would it look like if we did Romans 12:10? Outdo each other in showing honor. What if we related to each other in that way that we outdid each other in showing honor? Well, what does that mean? It means how do you like really value somebody? Really honoring them? Really taking the time to be um, to be in their life and to say let me understand what's going on and, and let me elevate you. Honor is, is a way of elevating, right? It's, but our culture always wants to elevate me, us, right? How do I make myself look better? How do I make myself feel more important? How do I posture myself? How do I get to the front of the line? How do I get irritated when somebody cuts me off? Because I want to be first and the number one. I, I think it's amazing how people think I'm number one all the time with that middle finger as I go by. They're saying I'm number one. I was like, they're honoring me. It's amazing how they do that. <laughs> uh, maybe it's just because like, I cut them off. You're number one to me. Thank you, sir. Sir. Then the next one is prefer others more than yourself. For those, okay, for those of you who are married, can you just raise your hand right now if you are married? Okay. Now, this does not apply just to those who are married, but I am concerned that the divorce rate, thankfully not in this church, this church has a good track record. We're keeping it strong. But for the most part, the divorce rate for Christian couples is the same as the world. What that tells me is there's something not right. Something not right. Either the culture has had its way in, in um, saying divorce is okay. And we know God hates divorce, but we still do it. People still get divorced. Christians do. But I wonder if why do they get to that place in the first place? I wonder if, if this prefer another person more than yourself. Would, would, if you outdid each other in honor and preferred others more than yourself, I don't think there would be divorce. Would you agree? I think so. But guess what? We are very selfish and we want it our way and we want to feel a certain way and we want it to be about us. But yet we have to realize the saying, okay, if I'm preferring somebody else above myself, that means I am paying attention to somebody else's need in their life more than my need. And I, I, I guarantee you, I know what it's like. By the way, it's not a human being. So I want to put it in context but, but I, I feel like I have a new toddler in my house because I have a new puppy in my house. And, um, and so I'm feeling like, what does it mean to raise a kid all over again? But it's, it's almost worse with the puppy land. But I'm always having to think about this little puppy. Does it need to go to the bathroom? Does it gonna chew my furniture? Is it, what is it, mischief is it going into? Is it pulling toilet paper off of the toilet paper roll? Is it chewing something, a shoe that it shouldn't be having? But this whole idea of paying attention to somebody else's life can be exhausting, I get that. But can I tell you, it will produce fruit in your life and in your marriage and your relationships if you begin to start focusing on preferring somebody more than you prefer yourself. Family rule, golden rule. Family relationships, 
outdo each other in honor, prefer others more than yourself. Simple, keeping it super simple. Then family structure. We read the family structure um, in the Ephesians chapter two verse. You have to remember what is the cornerstone in the family. What does everything, the cornerstone in building is the very first thing that gets placed and it is everything is measured off of that cornerstone. You put one cornerstone in the building structure, it is the most important stone of the entire structure. Everything gets measured off of that one cornerstone in that building process. If you want a healthy family, make Jesus your cornerstone. You want a healthy relationship, you want Jesus your cornerstone. You want a healthy church, you want a healthy spiritual family, make Jesus your cornerstone. One thing I love about this church and I only play a small part in it. But one thing I love about this church is we put Jesus in the center of everything. Everything is measured off of Jesus. Because Jesus is the life. Jesus is the way. Jesus is our, our doorway. Jesus is our foundation. Jesus is the solid rock in which we stand. And when we put Jesus as the center of our families, the centers of our relationship, the center of our spiritual family, then all of a sudden we realize everything gets measured to that. In closing, I just wanted to share with you um, this spiritual family thing. I think the Lord is really honored, and I, and I do believe that we protect unity when, when we realize that if we're out doing each other in honor, we're not bad-mouthing anybody. We're not gossiping about anybody. We're not talking negatively about people. When you prefer others more than yourself, you're not getting, your, uh, you're not getting bent out of shape because somebody looked at you strange or you're not getting bent out of shape because uh, you, know, you want to use that room, but there's another group using that room. You're not going to get bent out of shape. No, it's like, I'll just prefer them. That's fine. You have it. You take it. And that protects unity. And I, I think when, when you look at marriages and when you look at a church, the world is looking on. What do marriage do? Marriage is a reflection of Jesus' love and devotion for a church. Uh, sorry, Jesus, yeah, love and his devotion sacrifice for the church. And that's the way we treat our marriages. Our marriages are to be a reflection of what Jesus has done for us. And then a church is a reflection of understanding that, that the world system looks a certain way, but God's system looks a certain way, and God's family looks a certain way. There should be people who are, who are, how do I get into this family? They love each other so well. They look after each other so well. How do I get in? How do I get in? And if they're not there yet, maybe we also haven't been... I'm not saying this church, but I say maybe in the past we haven't been that spiritual family that has really cared for each other super well. One of the things that we are growing as a church in is understanding our care for our family. And Pastor Richie is leading up. Um, he's actually one of his, his things on staff. Not only does he do worship in small groups, but he's our care pastor. And um, we are putting together a care team to make sure that we know how to care for each other super well. There's hospital visitation, there's meals, um, there's um, care for when there's bereavement or you've lost a loved one, uh, you need prayer. There's a care team that's going to be, you'll be getting more information in, in um, the future of that um, here in the next few weeks.
But lastly, so, so not only do you know you're going to be in a spiritual family that's going to be cared for, but I would say that God has uh, placed us in a family to help us grow. And I would say that I know there's many of you that have never tried small groups, and I know it can be a little bit scary because it can feel vulnerable. It can feel like I don't really want somebody to know me because if they really knew me, would they actually even like me? (laughs) Or, hey, I've been vulnerable before and that was used against me, right? Those are some unhealthy ways that maybe those are true, but but I want to guarantee you something here at Grace Capital Church. I want to guarantee you that when you choose to be part of a group, it is going to be a safe place. It's going to be a place that you can be yourself. It's going to be a place that you can be loved. It's a place that you can find healing. It's a place that you can experience growth. I don't believe that you can grow in a spiritual family just attending Sunday morning. I don't believe that that you can be the person that God has meant you to be. See, I, I think part of the things in marriages as well that if we viewed our marriage as a thing of saying, how do I be a champion of the person I'm married to in such a way they become fully the person that God has designed them to be? And I also believe that is in our spiritual church family too. What if we outdid each other in honor and, and preferring others that we before ourselves, but in a way that we're saying we're cultivating an environment where people can start to flourish in who they were created to be and that they're in a safe place that they can begin to let their walls down and let the work of the Holy Spirit to take place in their hearts, that they can become fully alive. See, I think peace with God is not just like peace in a relationship. I think when he says, be holy, First Peter, be holy for I am holy, I know it means kind of like sainthood or, or like this kind of sanctification set apart, not really that word, but it's kind of like this, I don't know, whatever conjures up in you, like maybe you're glowing, holy, I don't know. But, but really what I feel like is, is being complete, being complete, whole. I, I wonder if he's saying to be holy is really about being complete, which is, and I think that picture of complete, I know I talked about pumpkin spice last week, those feelings, but I think it's like where you experience just love comes out of you or just joy is so natural for you and you walk around with just peace in your soul. That, that's wholeness. That's how God's made you to be. But, but it takes coming to a place of those barriers coming down. And I believe that can only happen in community. I believe that can only happen in being a part of a church family. So in the next couple of weeks, you're going to have an opportunity to sign up for a small group. Well, you can sign up anytime, actually. But we're going to be starting in a couple of weeks. I believe that in the kingdom of God, there's a, there's a spiritual family that you are to be a part of. And you already are. You're here today. But I would ask you to take the next step, the next step and get plugged into a small group so you can be seen, heard, and understood. And you can be in a safe place to allow Jesus to do a deep work in your life. Father, we're grateful that you've placed us into this spiritual family. If we have people here today who are guests, let them know that they're here just checking us out for the first time. That's fine. There's no pressure to become anything more than they feel comfortable with. But Lord, if they're longing to belong, let them know that this is a place for them. Jesus, we're grateful for what you're doing in and through our church, what you're doing in and through our lives. And we're grateful that for this church family called Grace Capital Church. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.